Welcome to the Unveiling Grace podcast, a place to experience a grace that heals. Allow this grace to take your life and your relationships to another level as it frees you from the weight of performance-based religion. Enjoy another episode as Joel Groh and Lynn Wilder share encouraging stories and candid dialogue that can help you experience a grace that heals. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of the Unveiling Grace podcast. So glad you're joining us. We've got a fun part two this time. I'm Joel Groat. And I'm Lynn Wilder. And we have with us Emma Bailey Moss and, and her husband of four months, Luke Moss. Um, I told in the last episode, you'll want to go find part one about how Luke and Emma came into my life. But Luke wasn't with us last time. So. No, so we have the benefit of Luke for this part too. And by the way, that's uh, podcast 103, 103. Um, Emma, it's called Emma Dating a Mormon Heartbreak and Hope. So Emma told us about how Luke had just broken up with her, actually texted her as he's home with his LDS family for the summer and um, certainly struggling with some things, being a Mormon, dating a Christian girl. And so Luke, do you want to step in and tell us what happened next? (laughs) Yeah, that sounds fine. Um, Yeah, I'll step in. I'll jump right into where uh, she left off. So, yeah, I had, uh, I had had a friend come over. He's, he was actually my best friend um, from BYU-Idaho, and I was at home for the summer, and he was, uh, he, was, he, was, he was convincing me hard to just kind of end the relationship I had with Emma because, you know, she wasn't a Mormon, and he was going very strong with going forward with it, especially because he was like, this is kind of my last time to minister to my best friend, um, like he thought it was a very, he thought it was a service to, for like to help end our relationship because, you know, he's, mm-hmm. he's a missionary. And, and um, he knows from the LDS system that if you do marry her and she doesn't become a Mormon from the LDS perspective, you can't make the highest level of exaltation yourself. So correct. from his perspective, he's doing everything that's best for you. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So yeah, we were, we were just in like a smoothie shop with some friends and I didn't actually say, I didn't actually write the text at all. He wrote the whole thing. Oh, and then, and wow. yeah, and yeah, so he wrote the whole thing. thing. And then, um, my friend who worked at the smoothie shop ended up sending it. He was like, give me the phone. And he took it and he sent it. Wow. And I was like, so like, wow, this is happening. I just like grabbed the phone. I deleted everyone's contact and everything. At this time, I, I, I ended up moving back home because for the summer I, I worked as a wildland firefighter, uh, for the city of Santa Fe. And so, like, I was, she was going to be gone for such a long time, and I would be gone for such a long time that, like, it was all, it was all giving me an excuse to also send the text and be okay with it as well, you know? Because your family is Mormon also. Your family is LDS also, so they're probably not super big on the relationship. They are not uh, as honest, I feel like, as they should have been about our relationship, but, like, like, they... They said that they supported it when I know that they didn't. Yeah. A little passive aggressive. A little passive aggressive. And and I'm just kind of in the middle, uh, working, and I just re- ended my relationship with Emma. My, my, my perception of time is so whacked out from the last year, not only because of all the craziness that's happened, but because of just the COVID stuff in general. 
Right. So earlier this year, for oh, sure. Not yet, but this year ago. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah this, this is last year, but I'm just saying, like, as far as like me trying to recollect these memories. Oh yeah. So did you tell them that part you came over? Right now? Okay. Yeah. So. so this is. So yeah, Emma. <laughs> she ends up. Was it the next day? Yeah. It was okay. So 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 that night, I, I drive my friend Isaac to the airport and he leaves. Okay. Okay. And the following day, I'm going to uh, an auto parts store to get some oil from my car to change my oil, and I'm with my mom. And I get a call from my sister, from my 13-year-old sister, and she says, hey, Emma's at the house, and I'm seven hours away from her, right? I'm in New Mexico, Albuquerque, New Mexico, and she's in Phoenix, Arizona. And I, my heart just stops, and I'm like, oh, oh, this can't be good. <laughs> um, she's just driven seven hours through She's the- just driven seven hours, and uh, by the way, I've told no one about the breakup. No one knows about it. Oh. So my whole family still thinks I'm, like, with her. Oh, um, Really? I yeah. guess because it just happened the night before. So it just happened the night before. I didn't I like. Think you did tell your mom, right? Because you showed her the text that you sent, and she did. Oh yeah, I, I did tell her, but my sister did. <laughs> the, my sister did not know that. That's the point. Okay. Yes. My sister okay. did not know, so she was kind of like la di da di da, like what's going on? <laughs> and so yeah, I come home and she's there, and I uh, in, in the in the in, in the behind my parents' backyard is a golf course, and I was like, well let's take a walk. <laughs> and so, yeah, we took, we took it, we took a real long walk and Emma, you want to tell this part? Yeah, go ahead. Emma. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I just driven and he, so also while I was waiting for him to come home and I was there with his sister, he told, he called again. He called his sister again and said, told me to check my Facebook messages because he messaged me on Facebook with like a more detailed, like why, why I actually broke up with you message. Okay. And in this, it was a lot different. It was much more about like our differences in beliefs and how he's still trying to work things out and not sure what he thinks about different, like theological topics. Now, just for the sake of our audience, if I remember right from part one, you'd had a personal encounter with Jesus sometime back, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. So, I mean, Emma considers you a fellow believer in Christ at this point, even though you still got Mormon ties and you're still working through a lot of the Mormon thing. But just so our our listeners know, part of the reason why some of this pursuit is going on is because she's got a sense of where your heart is and the fact that you've given your heart to the Lord and you've had at least some serious questions about Mormonism. And so now you're like moving back in that direction. Right. So oh, yeah. Just so, just so there, there's yes. some context with the relationship. Okay. Yes. Which yes, is, that is all true. Which is normal, right? In oh, the beginning so. stages, yeah. Luke, right? Wouldn't you say that there's this, like, it seems true, but then the culture calls you back and the family calls you back and your friends call you back and your own brain calls you back. And then, you know, it's hard, right? Oh yeah, I was definitely called back, especially being with my family uh, back with them at home. And so many of my siblings were doing like the fake Mormon life anyways, that it was just so easy for me to hop into that um, uh. just for acceptance um, yeah. and for food on my plate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you're living at home. So Emma, so what you were saying is, so then he, so then you read his um, Facebook message where he goes into more right. details. That's what you're talking about. So right. his message then yes. is basically... Yes, so his message just kind of talks more about how, like, that it wasn't the long distance. That's not the reason that he broke up, like like the text had said, that it was a lot more of just him trying to figure out what he believes and knowing that I 
I'm already really strong in my faith and feeling like the we're just too different on that level. Mm, and okay. so when, so that was good because before we did go and talk, I at least had a little bit more understanding of what the true issue was, which I was suspicious already that that, that sure. might be the case, but I wasn't, <laughs> I didn't know that before. So, um, so yeah, we went on the golf course and we just talked and I, this was really hurtful. And <laughs> <laughs> I have some words for you, but also we were able to talk about just his search for truth. And I kind of spoke into him what I saw, which is that he wants to know truth. Um, and, and he was talking about how he wanted to really just like continue to read the book of Mormon with his brother. Like one of his brothers was trying to kind of like reintegrate into Mormonism again mm-hmm. after kind of like leaving the faith in, in a sense. And so he was wanting to do that and to just kind of figure out what's true and what he really believes. And I challenged him that lots of, there are many other faiths, you know, that claim truth. And um, so to seek truth doesn't mean that you just have to continue that, to read the Book of Mormon. Like he's already read that for his whole life and has struggled with it. So I just challenged him to look beyond just that book and to ask God himself to reveal what is true to him. And um, yeah, I think that it was a good conversation. We we decided to stay broken up yeah, and just stay friends um, okay. after that. But, but as we, I recall, you drove there because you were about to leave for Greece and you only right. had so many hours. Right. right? So yeah. You're, yeah. You're trying exactly. to come to some closure and figure this out before. Correct. Exactly. Yeah. Because I, I was about to leave for Greece. I had to go. I lived in, I live in Phoenix and I needed to go to California for a few days and then straight to Greece after that. And so this one day was really like the only few hours that I had to try to figure this mm-hmm. out. And since he had blocked me from everything. And so I had been really wrestling with that too. Cause my family was telling me not to go. They're like, that's crazy. You shouldn't do that. As and in go drive seven hours to try to see Luke. Drive. Yes. yes. And I, and then seven I hours back and it. then to California. Yes, yeah. I, I did. I literally drove right back. I picked up my sister cause she was going to California with me and then we just kept going. Wow. <laughs> um, but yeah, I felt like so clearly like the Lord was really calling me to go. And I just had this horrible feeling of like, what if I don't go? And then the rest of my life, I'm wondering what if I did go? Yes. Um, and so I was like, you know, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen there, but I'd rather go and figure that out than, than not know the answer to that. Like the worst that can happen is that they told me to go back home, which I have to do anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> so where do you, so where does this leave the relationship in terms of communication? Do you agree then to, right open up the communication lines at least as friends yes we do and we we talk a lot i think we actually talked the whole time i drove back home we just talked for like seven hours (laughs) while i was driving home until i got my sister so i think it was like it was hard because i mean we were still in love with each other but (laughs) it didn't really go away yeah Yeah. within our time together before then we were spending like every hour that we weren't working with each other yeah and we still do we we just spend a lot of time together like cool (laughs) well that's that's good um yeah so we we talked a lot so you had religious discussions we did from the very beginning and luke did you try church with her before you went home for the summer oh oh no wait before. Well, he tried church when when he was living out here. He had been to church with me, and that yes. was his first time. The first time I'd ever gone to a church that wasn't Mormon was with her. I think it was before we started. Okay, dating. 
but that was before we started dating yeah and that was that was a very eye-opening experience to me i was like yeah it, it was everything i there's nothing i expected i didn't expect any of it and i felt so very uncomfortable positive negative things you liked things you didn't like um do you know uh this is that's tough just because even the church that we go to now is is very different from that one that we were attending um but i'd say like thinking back to the first impressions i had um it, just I, I was so used to it being so formal and yep. kind of having uh i mean the dress and um something that made me really uncomfortable was the music the the communion was very i, I saw the i saw the significance of it but like just I felt as if it was almost tacky with like the little tiny crackers and the thing. Well, it's like, a, you know, to me now I'm like, whatever. But in the Mormon and the Mormon faith, you know, sacraments a big thing. You're, 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 you know, you're washing away your sins weekly. Yeah. And so I just kind of thought like, this is a joke. You know, these, these guys don't take this seriously. Um, and so, yeah, I, I would none- say that. I was going to say, for our non-Mormon audience, Mormon services are very reverential. They're very orderly. I don't want to say staid necessarily, but there's definitely a, a sense yeah. of calm, quiet, oh, formality. Everything's the same every single week. week. And yeah. the worship the is also very much... Allowed. Right. Yeah. Just organ, piano, music for the music. And yeah. Everything so approved you, and out of the handbook. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, to a contemporary service with guitars, mm-hmm. drums. Oh yeah, it, it was it was the whole deal. Lights, lights. <laughs> um, yeah, like the concert lights. It was, a, it was a pretty big church. Okay, it was a large church. Yeah. Um, and yeah, definitely not only just you know the music's a lot louder. It's it's more it's more it's more close to like the rock genre. But in general, like the lyrics are what blew me away just because I had been so used to singing the same songs and not really even diving into the words themselves just because they just became like this ongoing tune in my head mm-hmm. and just reading the, these lyrics that I'd never read before in songs. I was like, wow, I can't believe people dwell on Jesus the way that they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. it, that is what, that is something that stuck with me from the start and is something that really drew me to go back again was listening to these new songs. And even though I felt uncomfortable, the way the ways that people were displaying and talking about their loves for Je- their love for Jesus blew blew me away because it just is not the kind of love that you see in Mormon hymns and that is what kept me interested not the only thing but that's something that I really remember from the beginning. Okay. Um, so after the summer, you're still in contact. You come back to school in yeah, Arizona. So we, um, we well, we actually started dating again while I was still in Greece. Okay. Um, so we just we we kept talking every day, pretty much. Yep. That was when we read Unveiling Grace, the book. Oh, did you guys read it at the same time? We did. Yeah, we read yeah, it at the same exact time. Oh, that's um, so cool. Across the world. Yeah, she was in Greece, and I was in the the States. Yeah, and then that was like a really big come to Jesus for both of us because we were able to articulate, I think, both of our experiences better. Yeah, she was able to see my side, and I was able to see her side from, well, right. mostly her and me. But and your own side. I yeah. think, like, he was able to identify with Lynn's story in the book and, like, find, like understand kind of that he's not alone and what he's going through and just, like, label the differences that he's experiencing. I remember a lot of times he would, like, take pictures from the book and be like, this 
Like this, <laughs> this says exactly what I've been experiencing and okay. talk about it and stuff. And, and I was able to better understand what he was going through too. Cause I think a lot of times I was worried when he would say certain things or do certain things and I was like, Oh, I'm, like, have I misjudged? And he actually like doesn't love the Lord the way that I thought he did. Or, but then he would say other things and I'm like, no, I think he's on the right track. And I was like worried. And then I think same for him. I think he was like, he just, we both kind of didn't know, I think where he was. And I think by reading the book, we were able to see where he was, which was just like experiencing some cognitive dissonance um, of like unlearning things he had learned and kind of breaking away from the culture. So So Luke, had you, had you met me yet when you read the book? You read it before yes. you. Yes. You gave it. Yeah. You gave it. You literally gave it to me. So. Oh, that's cool. By <laughs> a strange bunch of supernatural events, Luke ended up coming to hear me speak one night, and he sat mm-hmm. probably in the second row, right, right up front, totally attentive, like taking it all in. And afterwards, he and I went into a room to talk, and this young man was so full of the Lord, he cried. He bawled, and I knew God was doing something big in his life. It was hard to, it's hard for me, right, to just have short periods of time with people and then be gone. Yes. But Luke and Emma and I stayed in touch through text. So you read the book, and what happened? Yeah, we read the book. I was going to say, so Luke, what, what, as you process through, helped the pendulum swing back to center? and truth where there's certain things that as you learn them just because what what happened to you happens to so many of the people that we deal with they'll right. even, they'll come to faith and then there's this pressure from outside and then there's a swing sometimes multiple times a swing back full tilt mm-hmm. into mormonism like okay i'm gonna make this work i'm gonna believe i'm gonna go back i'm gonna regain my testimony and yet if you've accepted the lord if, if the holy spirit is really in you that doesn't work it can't work because it's not truth and often it's certain things that start to draw a person back so that i'm interested in hearing so what sorts of things help draw you back to center right yeah because the thing that definitely pulled me back towards the mormon was was going home and mm-hmm. being around the people that wanted me to be mormon <laughs> um and taught me all the mormon things you know and i yeah definitely the pendulum coming back was for sure getting my head down and reading the book and it, it, being able to explain my feelings and my life experiences with Emma in that way because I just couldn't I couldn't find the words I couldn't find I couldn't find a way to put my experiences that have spiritually scarred me from Mormonism into words and tell her what what the differences are and so much of it has to do with something really big that brought me back specifically like while reading Lynn's book was I did not realize how Mormons and Christians, um, they use so much of the same terminology, but they mean such different things. I I didn't realize that I was, I was under the impression that, you know, they all meant the same thing. And once I was able to once, I don't know where else I would learn that this word I had to retrain my brain, you know, yeah. Um, and without reading your book, of course, I, of course I could have done it in another way, but your book was just such a convenient and easy way to learn the differences. And that is what brought me back to the middle was really seeing where the, the, the smoke cleared, um, mm. learning really what <laughs> the Mormons meant 
by, you know, the Godhead and the, the prophets, even just the word prophets in general um, yes. and where they come from and where they originate from and being able to see uh, that smoke clear was something that brought me back to the middle. Because even terms like atonement and grace and mercy yes. are all radically different between the two systems. Yes. So I, I think when the Holy Spirit's working with someone's heart, like he was with Luke's, right? He gets there eventually and he figures all that out. But for me, it took nearly five years of being in the Bible and going, oh, that's not Mormonism. Oh, wait, what does he mean by that? Right. And yeah. so what I what I hope the book does is accelerate that process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> so that people. blows me away every time I hear that. And every time I hear it was a five year process. Yeah, yeah. That's just that's a long time to be learning and unlearning. Oh, and wow, I was a I mess just... emotionally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think that helped a lot because, and then like, since I was finally understanding that too, that these different words mean different things, then we were able to ha- have discussions that were, we were more on the same page. Cause we, the whole time we were talking about, you know, just our beliefs and the ways we were growing with God and even like past things that had happened or our future wherever. And, I feel like we were finally able to have a conversation that gained traction because we could dispel lies or we could, we could actually just say, stop and say, what do you mean by that? Because before yeah, we, we were talking about the same thing. So we didn't know that there was more that we needed to go into. In a way. I mean, this is, it, it, it turned kind of bad because it became like an obsession for me. I just, all I wanted to do was, get rid of the lies and I just wanted to dig into it. And, and it was, you know, it was, it was obviously unhealthy and, but it just, and, and of course it brought anger. It brought so much anger um, yes. to me. Yeah. Like I would get so angry when I'd bring up these topics. I, when I, when I would find something so controversial that I thought my parents might believe it, I'd bring it up to them. And the answers that I would receive from them would make me so angry just because there would be nothing that could, there would be no matter how, skeptical the thing was the topic was or how shade you know shady it seemed they just they just would not look into it they would not and it made me so angry inside mm-hmm. um and i have you know i've i've let go of that <laughs> and <laughs> yeah it's, it's not maybe not fully but okay. I, I will throughout throughout time but um yeah well um as we say often on the program anger is something every single Mormon in transition goes through. It's part of the grief process of the loss. Oh, absolutely. But it's also because anger is a secondary emotion and there's always something else that triggers it, whether it's a feeling of powerlessness or just a feeling of fear or a feeling of not being heard or of losing or of loss. And Mm -hmm. so um, what what we encourage people to do is because the anger will stay there and it'll, what will help resolve it the quickest is when you can get to that primary emotion, what it is that's triggering the anger, what it is that you're feeling before the anger, because that's what you can take to Jesus. Now, obviously, you can take your anger to Jesus. Mm. But I remember, even with my own children, when I learned this, and then my kids would do something, and all of a sudden, like in 25 seconds, I could go from totally calm to like furious. It was like, okay, what's going on under the hood here? <laughs> and what I realized I was feeling with my kids, especially when they were like late teens, was a feeling of powerlessness because I'd ask them to do something or expect them to do something and they wouldn't. And then if I called them on it, they would just blow me off. And so then I'd be angry. Why? I'd be angry because, well, what I was feeling was powerless. 
And nobody wants to feel powerless in the face of what's going on. And so rather than feel powerless, then you choose to feel angry. And once I could get to see that happening, then I could go, okay, God, I know I'm feeling angry, but what I'm really feeling is powerless. So what do I do? And God would like whisper, well, yeah, you are powerless. You can't control them. So who has all the power hill? It's like, oh, you do God. Okay. You're the all powerful God. So he's like, okay, so turn this over to me. Stop trying to control your kids, love them well, and trust me. So just encourage you, but to say, it's totally normal. The anger is so much a part of the transition process. Um, and here's something I would add to that, Joel. I think people don't move on from the anger who don't find Jesus after Mormonism. Mm, if yeah. you find faith, then then you have a framework. You you feel solid again. You have this relationship with this powerful being who you know loves you and, and cares for you. And so you have a reason to kind of move ahead. And he's a God of forgiveness and mercy yes. and grace instead of this God that we knew in Mormonism who was always waiting for you to mess up, right? <laughs> and then, then you had guilt and shame and fear. And, you know, this is a God of helping you move ahead, but in gentle and kind ways that, yes. that are going to make your life better. And the more you walk with him, right, the more you've learned to trust him. And then that anger can dissipate, right? You might even see reasons for why he did those things down the road. Yeah. We're definitely going to do it. We're going to definitely do another segment with you guys because we still haven't even gotten to like marriage and you've been married for like <laughs> four months or so now and really want to yeah, hear just it. how you continue to work on this together. Yeah, um, and I want to hear how Luke made that resolved. final decision, and then how that went with his parents, and then <laughs> So still a lot more of the story. So, um, so Lynn, final comments for our people? Oh, just grace and peace. Until next time, Joel. <laughs> so long. Thank you for listening to the Unveiling Grace podcast. Join us next time for another conversation devoted to helping your life and relationships flourish. As always, you can find show notes, program transcripts, and leave us your comments and questions at unveilinggracepodcast.com. For a limited time, we are offering the Wilder's book, Seven Reasons We Left Mormonism, for a donation of any amount. Go to unveilinggracepodcast.com and click on the free book button to request yours. We greatly appreciate your support for the Unveiling Grace podcast, where you can experience a grace that heals. Mm -hmm.